0: And a one, two, three, four. Welcome, everyone, to the Life Point Table Talk Podcast. My name is Jason, and we are coming in today, continuing with our Bible in a Year podcast. We are all the way up to week 47 in the home stretch here, entering the Christmas season. Um,. My goodness, I can't even believe how quickly this year has gone, and how crazy busy things have gotten. And um, I'm I'm uh, thankful that I made the commitment to read through the scriptures this year. Um, and uh, it's one of the uh, best things. I've, uh, ever done for myself, um, not that I haven't read the scriptures, but, um, the commitment to doing it in a year has, uh, uh been a different approach for me and, uh, kept me on a certain, uh, trajectory and, um, uh, just, uh, opened up, uh, I, I feel like, uh, some different ways to, to view the scriptures as a whole, as a whole uh, overarching narrative and story, and the interplay between the um, uh, Old Testament and New Testament is just incredible, and um, it's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot, man, the scriptures, uh, it's a big book, it's a big book. There's a lot in there, and um, it's challenging and comforting, and um, it's wild. It's wild. If I, uh, uh, One of the major takeaways, I would say, is uh, scriptures are not tame. They are not tamed by, <laughs> by our ideas about them, our uh, theology, philosophies. Uh, the scriptures stand quite separately. And uh, today uh, we're going to continue, and like I said, we're on week 47, and uh, we've got Ezekiel 20 through 35, and we also have the book of James, James 1 through 5, and uh, there's a lot, a lot in there, and um, intense, James is really intense, (laughs) and... uh, so good. Uh, so let's let's uh, get into it, guys. We got a lot to go over here. Thank you all for uh, those who have um, um, continued in uh, the reading this year, and I know it has enriched your life. I know it has, no doubt about it, no doubt about it. Um, when it, it it comes to our our faith. It's the basis of our faith, and uh, I think biblical illiteracy is uh, huge, huge, and um, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, we need to know our scriptures, where our faith comes from. These scriptures is where we get these ideas from, and there's a lot there. It's a lot to parse through. It's a lot to rightly divide, um, um, but it's also, um, for for your own sake, for your own sake, know your story, because this is, in a sense, your story, this is where you come from, and uh, where we're going, and uh, so, let's jump into it here, alright, we're going to start off on... Ezekiel we got Ezekiel 20 through 35 and um, let's see chapter 20 seven years after King Jehoiachin in Israel were in Babylon some of Israel's leaders came and asked for a message from God the Lord said Ezekiel son of man the leaders come to find out what I want them to do I will not answer them will you warn them and remind them Of their sin that's interesting he's not gonna answer Um, that's probably something for us Uh, we're looking for answers from the Lord for something and he's saying uh, first of all you need to look at this remind them of their sin tell them long ago I chose Israel to be my own I appeared to their ancestors in Egypt and made them a promise I swore that I would rescue them from Egypt I led them to the land I had chosen. It was rich and splendid. I told them to get rid of their idols. Stop worshiping the gods of Egypt. But they rebelled and they kept their idols and foreign gods. I punished the Israelites in Egypt. But I would look like a liar because I promised in front of everyone that I would lead them out of Egypt. So I brought them out into the desert. I gave them laws I gave them laws to live right and commanded a Sabbath, but they rebelled and did not obey. Then then I decided to destroy them in the desert once and for all, but that would have disgraced me because the other nations saw me bring them out. Instead, I told them I would not lead them into the promised land. I I felt sorry for them, and I had pity on them, and I did not completely destroy them in their desert. I told their children, don't walk in the way of your fathers. Keep my commands and keep my Sabbath holy. But they also rebelled. They did not follow the Sabbath. I was angry and decided to punish them. But I did not because that would disgrace me in front of all the other nations. I swore I would scatter them across the nations. I gave them laws that would bring punishment instead of life. That's fascinating. I gave them laws that would p- bring punishment instead of life. Laws they could not live by. Hmm. I pronounced their gifts unclean. They were putting their firstborn sons into fire. I did, I did this to horrify them as punishment. Speak to Israel, son of man. Tell them your fathers blaspheme me. I brought them to the land I swore, but they offered sacrifices on the hills. Will you defile yourselves like your fathers? Your plan won't work. You think you can be like other nations. I will alone rule as king. I will lead you into the desert, surrounded by nations. I will meet you here face to face. And I will punish you like I did your ancestors. I will separate the sinful rebels from the rest. Worship your idols for now since you won't listen. But my name will not be profaned. I will accept them at all the house of Israel will serve me. I will accept them in the land when I bring you out. I will display holiness among you in front of the nations. You will remember the evil you did. I will deal with you for the sake of my reputation and not according to your wicked conduct and corrupt deeds. Son of man, turn to the south, prophesy against the land. I am about to start a fire and the whole surface of the Negev will be scorched. Then I said, Lord, they say I am only speaking in parables. Oh my goodness, so much there. Um, First of all, this... This point here keeps coming up, where he's where he's talking about I will deal with you for the for the sake of my reputation, and not according to your wickedness. Um, it's incredible. Um, this comes up over and over, and um, you realize it's not really about them. <laughs> this this uh, the story. Like I was saying at the beginning, this is your story all that stuff it is but it's also his story meaning god's story and he he acts in ways uh where he's interacting with people that their sometimes their conduct has to do with how he acts and sometimes it doesn't like he said i'm going to deal with you f- because of my reputation he's basically having Grace on them and saving them uh because of what the promise he made because he's faithful because he's merciful for his reputation for his namesake he's doing these things for them um he's he's offering them grace uh it's not because of of their uh righteousness obviously um and he's not he's not giving them or or treating them uh, directly according to their wickedness um which is really intense because they seem to get incredible punishment here um um but he doesn't he he never totally takes them out he never totally takes them out because of his promise and his love, because he is love, his own reputation uh, as uh, faithful. That's incredible. That's a credible idea. Even even when we approach in prayer, um, <laughs> remember uh, who he is. He cannot deny who he is. And uh, um, that's just an incredible idea be, because, uh, again the The focus shifts off of us, in a sense, onto him, and I love that. I love the way that ends there, um, with Ezekiel saying, "Lord, they say I am only speaking in parables," and um, I I hear this a lot, and uh, I I feel like, in a sense, I I uh, study and, and listen to a lot of people who are who are um, uh, study the scriptures and and commentary and all that kind of stuff and um or just different philosophers and thinkers the theologians and um um sometimes i want to say that like they th- <laughs> they approach the scriptures like it's not um uh so, there's not a part a part of this that's just directly real it's just directly speaking to us it's not talking about an archetype is not talking about the future necessarily. It's talking about literally right then, right now. Like address your sin. Turn. Um repent. Turn to God for real. Literally. Right now. And the and the idea that uh <clears throat> it reminds me of Noah and um um and also of our situation now. Uh, waiting on, waiting on the return of Christ. It's the same idea of, of speaking you know not, not taking it seriously as, as um, time is of the eff- essence. Ezekiel's speaking to them and this, this incredible destruction is coming and uh, they think he's talking about some future long way off time. Same with Noah, they didn't they didn't take it seriously. That it was really happening right then. Same thing right now, the coming of the Lord. Well, it's been a long time. I don't think it's really for real, you know. That's a that's a story about, you know, some meta-truth. It's like, <clears throat> no, it's not a parable. Not a parable, it's literally happening. <laughs> that's a different... Uh, A different view, and I'm not against the archetypes and and parables, of course, those kinds of things. But I think it also is speaking directly to us in our own lives too, not just to the country or to the nation. It's to us personally. All right, we got a lot to do here. Sorry. Twenty-one. The Lord said, Ezekiel, son of man, condemn the places where people worship in Jerusalem. Warn them about the coming punishment. People will die. groan in bitterness. Everyone will melt in fear. Prophesy a sword is sharpened for the slaughter. Cry out and wail. The sword is drawn. Again, these warnings over and over. And it's incredible because these warnings are coming <laughs> so oftentimes in this relationship with God and, and Israel. It's just, It reminds me uh, as a parent a parent relationship to a child where you're warning your child to stop doing something or they're going to be punished. um sometimes we do the countdown one, two, three, and sometimes that'll get their attention. they know it's coming right then once we get past three, and it's like God is doing this with Israel, where it's like he count he did a count countdown for him, and we're past three. We're past three. He's already given the signal for the punishment to come. It's coming. And yet, he's still warning them. This is like overtime warning. The bell is already rung. And he's still trying to give them a chance as these people, these enemies and armies are, are prepared and coming in to destroy them. Right up to the last second, he's giving them a chance here. Another chance. Incredible. The Lord said, Ezekiel, mark two roads for the king of Babylon to follow when he comes with his sword. Put a sign. One goes to uh, Rabbah of the Ammonites and one to Judah and Jerusalem. Everyone in Jerusalem promised to be loyal to Babylon so they think it can't happen. But Babylon will remind them of their sinful ways and coming of their captivity. The Amites have insulted Israel, so condemn them. A sword is ready to slaughter. You see false visions and false omens, but your day has come. I will judge you. This is incredible. Everybody gets it, by the way, coming here, this coming calamity. God brings judgment on everybody, and it's almost comical uh, to me in a sense because... It's, one nation gets judged and as the judgment's coming the other other people laugh at them mock them and scorn them while they're being judged and it's like God's like oh you think it's funny now you get some now you're going to get some and also you get some everybody's going to drink this cup everybody's getting their wrath this coming he lays the smack down on everybody really they all get it and uh, which why we ought to slow our roll on our judgment of others and uh, not be too quick to uh, celebrate their downfall. 22. Sometime later, the Lord said, Ezekiel confront Jerusalem with her deeds, the city that spills blood. You are guilty. Your end has come. Each prince has authority to shed blood. They, they wronged orphans and widows. That's a, a theme there. They despise holy things. Another theme. It's not just orphans and widows. They also despise holy things. And it's also this. They commit abominable sexual acts. It's like the trifecta. These things are always there. It's not just one or the other. And uh, somebody... I've talked to people over the years. They'll try to highlight one or the other. It's really about this. Um, It's about all those things. All those things uh, are... uh, Part of, part of what brings the judgment here. Uh, I will scatter you through every nation. The Lord said, Ezekiel, son of man, I consider the people in Israel worthless as leftover metal. I will be like a metal worker collecting them and blowing fire on them. He's refining them. Tell them their country is full of sin. Chapter 23, the Lord came. There were two women sisters who were prostitutes in Egypt. All right, this is a crazy story. It's super intense. Um Ahola uh, and a holy bag. Um I'm um terrible with these names here. Anyways, there's two women. Um he marries them, these sisters, they end up prostituting themselves to uh Assyria offered herself. Uh, it's very it's pretty graphic too like i said the scriptures are not tame and um i don't know if they're they're not even appropriate you know for church <laughs> you can't handle it you can't handle it the sunday messages at least most of what i hear uh are not set up for this kind of um uh, uh rawness uh raw honesty of what's going on um So they chase after them as prostitutes, Assyria, and also the Babylonians. She chases these lovers, and uh, the Lord gives them over to your lovers. They will surround you like enemies. Their armies will come to judge you. They will cut you up. You will never want to think of the days of your prostitution again. I will hand you over. They will strip you of all you have. You completely reject me. Tell them they are guilty. They brought men from far away. They gave themselves to them over and over. You will be punished for prostitution and worshiping idols. 24. The Lord's word came in the ninth year. Write it down the date. King of Babylon has laid siege to Jerusalem. Tell the rebellious house, Take a pot and boil some meat. Pile the wood under it. Let it boil. It means Jerusalem is doomed. No one cares what happens. The people in Jerusalem commit murder. I will punish the city. Of violence. City of violence. Hmm. That's what their name is right then. City of violence. It's so full of sin and violence, I can't get it clean. Wow. The time has come. I will take the life of the one you love most. The Lord will destroy the temple you take pride in. Twenty-five. Set your face toward the sons of Ammon and prophesy against them, because you celebrate when the temple was desecrated and Israel and Judah made were made desolate. This is what I'm talking about. These guys celebrate. They celebrate Israel and Judah's destruction, and then they get it. Those from the east will take possession over you. I will stretch my hand against you. I will cut you off from the people in your land. Moab thought Judah was like any other nation. I will let Moab be attacked. Those invade Ammon will also invade Moab. Edom took revenge on Judah. I will punish them by killing its people and livestock. See, everybody's getting it. The Philistines, they took revenge over and over. Now it's time for them to get it. Now it's my turn to take revenge on them. I will kill everyone living in their towns. They will know I am God. He's just cleaning house. Like the whole known world there. That whole area is getting, getting it. And it had gone on for a long, long time, this stuff. Uh, 26, still going on, really. Where's this endless cycle here? 26, in the 11th year of Jehoiachin in Babylon, the Lord came saying, Tyree celebrated when Jerusalem was defeated. They sang Jerusalem has fallen. It used to be powerful, now it's shattered. Because of this, I warn them, I am now your enemy. Tyree's going to get it. For celebrating Jerusalem's fall I will send nations to attack you King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon Is the world's most powerful king I will send him to attack you This again uh, Nebuchadnezzar is used as God's tool Not because of his righteousness uh, Obviously He's just a tool His troops and chariots will overtake your city The king will be shocked And sing a funeral song The city is destroyed. Tyree is in ruins. 27, the Lord said, Sing a a funeral song, a dirge, song of Tyree, son of Tyree. Song for Tyree. You brag about your beauty and your ships. They used to be fancy. Uh, They used fancy wood and linen. Your sailors were brave. You were rich in trade from many nations. You're like a ship loaded with heavy cargo on the sea, but you are wrecked by strong winds. Captains mourn. 28. This is a famous chapter. Uh, he's talking to the king of Tyree, where many people believe uh, he switches in this layered kind of mode uh, where he's possibly also addressing uh, Satan, Satan himself, and gets into... One of the few, which we—it's incredible how much we don't have, how elusive the scriptures are. Purposefully, I think um, uh, we get a story about uh, kind of an origin story of, of uh, Satan himself. And uh, some people don't think so; they think it's just straight up King Atari. And uh, some people think there's uh, too much there that is referenced to. To some, someone beyond just this particular king, um, it's fascinating. Check it out. Twenty-eight. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, say to Tyre: Your heart is proud. You said, "I am God." I sit in the seat of gods, in the heart of the sea. Yet you are a man and not a god. You think you are a god. You think you are godlike. You are wiser than Daniel. It's Daniel. It's a different Daniel. It was a part of a Canaanite legend, I think, I believe. Uh, No secret was hidden from you, but your wisdom, you gained wealth for yourself. You are proud because of your wealth, because you think you are godlike. I will bring foreigners against you. They will bring you down to the pit. Will you still say I am God in the hands of those who slay you? Um, This is interesting. I, I... I don't know if I talked about this, but Apostle Paul talks about uh, this. We are not warring against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers. Um, And I can't help but think the, the same motif that we see over and over, God uses people not necessarily because of their righteousness all the time, but he just uses them as tools against, as kind of weapons against his enemies and uh, sometimes it, I can see it's like the human race itself is being used to fight this other. Like Paul, Paul talks about principalities, uh, powers, rulers; these other entities beyond flesh and blood. Um, he's bringing us in into uh, the fray as, as um. Uh, almost foreigners. he's bringing this other group, these humans into the into the the celestial story here um to bring them down their downfall, these other rulers, entities, powers that's who we're fighting against and uh not because we're we're particularly awesome, obviously uh, but he chooses to use us uh in that way. Uh, okay, here's where it really really gets interesting. Son of man, lament for Tyree. The Lord says, You had the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect, and beauty. You were in Eden. That's a big one. I don't think this, no, if this guy was in Eden, maybe it's a different Eden they're talking about. The garden of God. There's also a lot of cross references here to um, Canaanite legend and uh, gods and, and um, gardens. And that was kind of a motif in the ancient world. Um, uh, you are in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Ruby, topaz, diamond, barrel, onyx, jasper, turquoise, emerald, gold. Your setting, this is interesting, your settings, another word for it is tambourines. And mounts, flutes, like instruments, were made of gold. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I placed you there. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the fire, or the, uh, in the midst of the stones of fire. You were blameless in your ways until righteousness found in you, until unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I banished you from the mountain of God. I have destroyed you, covering cherub. From the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was lofty because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom by reason of your splendor. I cast you to the ground before kings. You cheated other merchants, and your sanctuary was corrupt. I brought out fire from the midst of you, it has consumed you. I turn you to ashes on the earth. Those who see you are shocked. You will cease forever. So much there, I mean uh there's whole books written on just this this uh, particular uh chapter um I can see it both ways I can see it totally just directed at this king and using these um, ancient sort of uh myths to uh Make a point and I can also totally see it as a as a makes sense as a backstory of Satan uh, and what happened in his pride and all these kinds of things. Fascinating. Uh, He moves on prophesied as uh, Sidon. I am against Sidon or Sidon. I will be glorified in your midst. I will send disease to her and enemies will surround you. Your people will be killed. The Lord said, Someday I will gather the people of Israel from the nations where they are scattered. Every nation will see that I am holy. Israel will again live in the land I gave Jacob. 29. Um, Ten years after King Jehoiachin and the people were a prisoner in Babylon, the Lord spoke, Condemn Egypt. Now Egypt's going to get it. King of Egypt, you were like a crocodile in the river. You acted like you own the Nile. But now I am your enemy. I will put a hook in you and pull you out of the water, and the animals will eat you. You refused to help Israel when they reached out for support. You claim you made the Nile River. I turn against you. There will be no sign of life there for forty years. Then, after forty years, I will bring your people back from where I scattered them. They will live in their homeland, but they will ne- they will be a weak kingdom. Um, Egypt never does regain its power. It was a superpower. Uh, Chapter 27. Years after Jehoiakim and the people were prisoner, Nebuchadnezzar has attacked Tyre. His army could not capture the city. I will hand Egypt over him. Egypt is his reward. Chapter 30. Tell the people of Egypt, cry out in despair. You will soon be punished. Darkness and doom are coming. You will be killed. Uh, 11 years after Jehoiakim. And the people were prisoner in Babylon. I, the Lord, have defeated Egypt. His arm is broken and cannot hold a sword. I am his worst enemy. I will strengthen Babylon's king over Egypt. Chapter 31, 11 years after Jehoiakim and the people were prisoner in Babylon. Tell the king of Egypt and his people, The Lord is more powerful than anyone he gives an analogy of a cedar tree. Um, This tree grew to the sky, then grew very proud and arrogant, so I rejected it. Cool, foreigners, cut it down. Its branches will be broken. Never again will the tree grow. King of Egypt, this will happen to you. Chapter 32. Um... Uh, Twelve years of exile, the Lord said, sing a lament for the pharaohs of Egypt. You are like a lion among nations, like a monster in the sea. I will throw a net on you in front of everyone and haul you off. Babylon will attack you and devastate your pride. Wail over Egypt. They will fall by the sword. This is interesting. Their warriors will go to Sheol. Assyria is also there at the grave. Those who spread terror in the land of the living. It's like they're just getting piled into hell here. Sheol. They go to the lower parts of the earth in shame in the pit. They are placed with the dead. Edom is there too with her kings killed by the sword descending to the pit. Uh, Sidon is there also in the pit. The pharaohs will see them. He will lie with them in the pit. Chapter 33. The word of the Lord came, warn the people, I will send an enemy. If you place a watchman and he sounds a signal and they ignore it, they will die. He gets into this warning. Uh, talks about this a lot. Ezekiel, I have appointed you to stand as watch over Israel. Listen and warn them. The wicked will die because of their sins. If you warn them and they keep on sinning, they will die, but you will be innocent. Um... Also, if he doesn't warn them, then he is responsible. That's also there. If you warn the wicked, they will die because of their sin. They stop. They will be forgiven. Again, uh, all this stuff is transpiring, and he's still giving them a way out. And Israel thinks I'm unfair, but they are unfair. The refugees who escaped Jerusalem came to me. They told me uh, the city had fallen. The Lord said the people living in Israel say Abraham was just one man, The Lord gave him all of Israel. (coughs) Excuse me. Tell them how can the land, how can you think the land is still yours? You worship idols and murder. You're unfaithful in marriage. You living in the ruins of the city and countryside will be killed. Even after there was like this um, gradation, there was a spectrum of exile. It came over a period of time. So some would be kicked out, then there would be like a puppet king set up. And uh, they were supposed to just uh, bend the knee to Babylon. The Lord had warned them to. And then sometimes those kings would rebel against Babylon. And then they'd come in and take them out again. So it was like a process. So uh, there were people living in the ruins of the city. And they were also sinning, and they also got judged. The people with you in Babylon speak about you. They listen to you to hear what the Lord has said, but they refuse to do what you say. They claim faithfulness, but cheat. They listen, but don't do anything. Chapter 34. The Lord said, Ezekiel, son of man, Israel's leaders act like shepherds, but I condemn them. Your shepherds are doomed. You use the sheep, then you butcher them. Lord said, I will take care of my sheep. My sheep have been lost in the dark and miserable. I will rescue them. They will be safe. The Lord said, I will watch over you. He said, some of you eat a lot and don't leave any for others. I will separate the strong from the weak. The strong use their power over the weak. I will rescue them. I will give you a shepherd from the family of David, and I will have the same shepherd. He will be your leader. That's who we're talking about, Christmas time, that shepherd, the good shepherd. Israel is my sheep. I will chase away wild animals. They will have nothing to fear. Everyone will know I am their protector. They are my sheep, and I am their God. Chapter 35, the Lord said to Ezekiel, condemn Edom. The Lord is now your enemy, Edom. I will turn your nation to a wasteland. You have been Israel's enemy for a long time. You're guilty of murder. No one will live in your town ever again. You insult me. You will realize I heard you laugh again. Laughing at the expense of others. um, Punishment. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Everyone on earth will celebrate when I destroy you. You will be a wasteland. Okay. That is our OT reading today or this week and um oh, my goodness, so much there. But I do I really do love uh the motif of for his namesake. Uh God is faithful, he's merciful, he's loving, and um and he has made promises of deliverance and uh for his own namesake he will fulfill them. And I am so thankful for that. Let's jump over to James. James. James 1 through 5. That's the whole book. It's pretty short. James, a slave of God and to the Lord Jesus, to the 12 tribes spread abroad. Greetings. Now he jumps right into it. Consider it joy when you fall into trials because the testing of your faith produces endurance. Oh, isn't that tough? Isn't that tough? He just gets right into it Doesn't he Consider it joy Wow Consider it all joy I just gotta say We uh, We were golfing one time There was It was uh, me and Bishop and Pastor Jeff And I think Pastor Darren And uh, some other people But they kept using that that verse We are joking You'd get a bad shot On the golf course Consider it all joy <laughs> It's so frustrating You want to break your clubs. Somebody has to rub it in Consider it all joy Feels like an insult right? Insult to injury You're going through trials Consider it joy Consider it joy Because it produces en- Endurance It produces strength Man. The older I get The more I see it's true uh, it's not meant to break. Some things come against you. You're meant to fight them off. It is meant to kill you and break you, and you should fight it with everything you got. And some things are not meant to break you, they're meant to make you stronger. Some things you got to go through, and uh, the Lord will help you overcome. Let endurance have its effect so it will be perfect. It'll make you perf- mature, not lacking anything. If you need wisdom, you should ask, and it will be given to you without reprimand. But he must ask in faith without doubting. The one who doubts is like waves on the sea. Tossed around by the wind. Don't expect anything from the Lord if you are that kind of person. You can't make up your mind. Wow. That's some of my favorite uh, word of faith. Scripture's right there. Sticking to your confession. Sticking to... uh, uh, The confession of faith through the scriptures that uh, you are holding on to. uh, It's it's right there. You have to ask with faith, without doubting. You can't be tossed around. That's part of uh, the fight of faith right there. Make up your mind and stick to it. A brother in humble means... Some translations say poor should take pride in his high position. (laughs) Thank you, Brother James. The rich person's pride should be humiliating. He will pass like a flower. The rich in the midst of his pursuit will wither away. Happy is the one who endures testing. Um, Man, a lot of ways you could read this. A lot of people uh, take take, uh, pretty intense... um, uh, interpretations here. Uh, he was speaking to a specific group of people. It um, can come across like just having money in general is a bad thing. Rich persons uh, should be humiliating, but it's pride. It, it's the rich person's pride. There's a pride there. Uh, but he also said uh, the humble person, humble means, uh, has a high position. And um, That gets a little tricky I think Um, That's a little tricky But I do think there is A certain Something to say for the person Who has to depend on the Lord There's less delusion Hopefully There's an opportunity for less delusion It's hard if you have money You have all your stuff You're pretty set up And uh, you can think those things, you're safe, you're happy, you're comfortable, you don't need the Lord kind of deal. That is a danger for sure. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, the humble means can be a tough path, man. Um, You're kind of forced to trust in the Lord to get you through. Um, Count it all joy. Let no one say I am tempted by God. God tempts no one. Each is tempted by his own desires. Wow. That's incredible. The desire conceives, it gives birth to sin, and when sin's full grown, it brings death. Um, there's so much there. The desire, um, it reminds me of this This whole thing, the way sin works. You, it's, sometimes you don't see the end, like he said, where this is going. The end result of this is death, and a lot of people don't. They will fight you tooth and nail, um, pushing back uh, if they're confronted with sin, just like we're reading in the Old Testament there. Ezekiel is confronting them. They are not wanting to deal with their sin, Uh, but it's actually the mercy of God because the sin is going to bring death. And uh, we see that in full display uh, through the story of Israel. Uh, All generous giving and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights also. Man, there's so many just uh, um, incredible, (laughs) incredible verses here. That one is just, again, one of my favorites. All good things come from above, from the Father of lights. All of the good things. Remember that. You can give thanks for all of it to God. He sent his message to give us a new birth. My friends, be quick to listen and slow to speak and get angry. Human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. That's a tough one. It's hard not to get caught up in that. Just think of politics or something. Put away evil excess. And welcome the message implanted in you. Be sure to live out the message and not listen and deceive yourself. That's a theme here living out this message, uh, living out the message of love. Someone who listens, it says, does, does not live it out, is like someone who sees his face in the mirror and forgets what he looks like. I love that analogy. The one who looks and fixes his attention on the perfect law of liberty and lives it out will be blessed. Again, it's making up your mind not just making up your mind, consistently choosing to focus on that. I love that. The perfect law of liberty. If someone thinks he is religious but but does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his heart and his religion is futile. Pure religion before God is to take care of orphans and widows and their misfortune and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Don't let the world make you evil. Chapter 2. Do not show prejudice if you have faith in Jesus. He talks about... Giving a rich person a good seat at church and making the poor person sit on the floor? Do not do that. You're acting like a crooked judge. Uh, God chose the poor in the world to be rich in faith, heirs to the promise to those who love him. Hmm. Aren't the rich oppressive and blaspheme your good name? Fulfill the law. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Prejudice is sin. If one obeys the law and full, but disobeys in one, he is guilty of all. Speak and act like one who will be judged by the law that gives freedom. But mercy triumphs over judgment. Judgment is merciless for one who shows no mercy. Why do I? It's like Jesus uh, gives that story of the man who owed the king king lets him off and the man goes and beats up a guy who owes him money then the king throws him in jail that is a truth mercy triumphs over judgment um show mercy so you can get mercy what good is it for someone to claim to have faith but has no works can this faith save him if someone comes to you who is hungry and needs clothes, you shouldn't just say I hope all goes well for you. I hope you are warm and have plenty to eat. What good is that unless you help? Faith that doesn't need to doesn't lead to good deeds is dead. Hmm. That's there it is. But someone might say you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you faith by my works. You believe God is one? Well and good even demons believe that. But would you like evidence that faith without evidence is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac? Faith was working together with his works. His faith perfected by works the scripture was fulfilled by Abraham believed God he believed God and it was counted to him righteousness. And the person is justified by works, not faith alone. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up James and Paul. Person is justified by works not faith alone. Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she welcomed strangers. Body without a spirit is dead, so also is faith without works is dead. Um the, the faith and works here um yeah that's a whole that's a whole um not rabbit trail but that's a whole other that's a that's a big topic we get into faith and works and people have different ideas about it paul really stressed say by faith um and there were other works there were works of following the law in certain ways that people thought they were being saved by, and uh, he was stressing faith, uh, faith in Jesus, too. Um, it, obviously, James is right here. Uh, to say we we believe and we have faith and uh, do not live it out, there's a disconnect there, there's a clear disconnect, and it should be producing works in our lives. At the same time, um, Lots of people do lots of good works. They do lots of good works. And they do not have faith. So, do both. Maybe do that. Have faith and do good works. Simple enough. Chapter 3. Not many of you should become teachers. You will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. But if someone does not stumble in what he says, he can control his entire body. The tongue, he sees the tongue in words, speaking, as the guiding force in our life. If we put bits on our mouths, we control our entire bodies. Ships are large, but controlled by small rudders. The tongue small, but it is great. The tongue is a fire. It can set the whole, fire on, or whole body on fire. It sets fire to human existence. It can pollute the whole body. It is set on fire by hell. Animals are subdued by humankind. We bless and curse from the same mouth. This should not be. Spring should have fresh water. Uh, fresh water and bitter water. Who is wise among you? Then show it by living right and being humble and wise in everything you do. Oh, okay. If your heart is full of bitter jealousy and selfishness, don't brag to cover it up. This wisdom does not come from above, but the devil himself. When people are jealous and selfish, they cause all kinds of trouble. Wisdom that comes from above leads to pure, friendly, gentle, sensible, kind, helpful, genuine, sincere. Peacemakers plant seeds of peace and will harvest justice. I love that. That's what's coming from above. Um, Because even even these good works and stuff, the, the 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 um the sentiment that comes with it is not always these things at all the good works things quickly seems to turn to judgment um, it feels judgment and you can feel um, a reaction to that uh you know you're not You're not doing enough. You're not being good enough or doing enough good works. Um, But it's interesting. This is the sensibility that comes with it. It leads us to pure, friendly, gentle, sensible, kind, helpful, genuine, and sincere peacemaking. Peacemaking. Chapter 4. Where do conflicts and quarrels come from? Is it not from the passions that battle inside you? You desire and do not have. You murder and envy, but cannot obtain. You fight. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. So you can spend it on your passions. That reminds me of what we're reading about in the Old Testament. There, um, they keep asking God for answer of what they should do, and He won't answer them because they're they're asking wrongly. They're they're not wanting to address their sin. They're not wanting to repent. They're just asking to get uh, stuff they want. And the stuff that they want is killing them because their passions, their desires, are twisted. Uh, Adulterers should know uh, friendship with the world means hostility toward God. Man, this is huge. Whoever decides to be the world's friend makes himself God's enemy. The the scripture is so... Again, this, this... It's almost like faith and works. This God's love for the world. And at the same time, God is totally hostile to the world. And uh, it can be confusing. But the scripture to me seems so countercultural. So countercultural. And it gets confusing because sometimes there's this... I'm not saying it's good or bad, but you're trying to reach the world. You're trying to relate. You're trying to speak their language and things. Um... Um, at the same time, God is consistently calling to be separate from the world, to be different, to be not like them. Uh, he's hostile to the world, and the world is messed up, man. He should be hostile. That should that should make total sense, and um, that's that's part of the this uh, nuanced love hate relationship with the world, uh, with God. That's why the scriptures make sense to me. Um, He loves the world, and and he's also hostile toward it because it's corrupt. He's having to redeem it. Uh, Do you doubt the scripture the Spirit of God calls to live within us? Has an envious yearning. He gives greater grace. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit to God. That is so huge That is so huge God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble You just focus on that one uh, Change your life um, And it reminds me That that call You have to humble yourself to address your sin You have to humble yourself to listen um, The proud don't listen Resist the devil and he will fee, flee Draw near to God And he will draw near to you another another um huge one another classic <sighs> draw near to god and he will draw near to you that puts some responsibility on us both of those resists resisting the devil and uh pursuing god clean your heart pure if you're double minded grieve and weep humble yourself before the lord And he will exalt you. Do not speak against one another. If you speak against fellow believers, you judge the law. If you judge the law, you are not a doer, but it's judge. There is only one judge. Who are you to judge your neighbor? It's interesting because James seems so hard. He seems so hard sometimes. And I, I consistently hear people with this sentiment. They love James. They love them some James, and they use it like a weapon. But what's interesting is uh, he keeps saying deep warning consistently through the whole thing about watch out for j- judging. Um, if you say today or tomorrow we will do this or that, you do not really know about tomorrow. Your life is a puff of smoke. You should say the Lord willing. Your boast in ignorance and it's evil. Whoever knows what is good and does not do it is guilty of sin. Chapter 5. Come now, rich, weep and cry loud. Misery is coming. Your riches will rot. It will consume you. You have hoarded in the last days. You held back from your workers. The fields cry out against you. You indulge in luxury. You condemn yourself and murder... uh, you condemn yourself with murder. Um, again, he's talking to a specific group here. Um, there's a bit of riches by ill-gotten gain. Uh, he held back from workers. Uh, the fields cry out against them. Uh, there's a type of tyranny here. Um, and And the idea that your riches can't save you. And they're all going to go eventually. Uh, And this warning, he says that... um, um, Where is it here? You have hoarded in the last days. Again, it's that idea of this warning. um, This day of of, uh, reckoning is coming. And it's now. You are in it. He's saying this a long time ago. How much more so now? Where in the last days, it's it's right at the door and coming. The signal's already been given, and uh, you better take that seriously. <laughs> be patient until the Lord's return. Think how a farmer waits. Be patient and strengthen your heart, for the Lord's return is near. Do not grumble against each other, so, so that you may not be judged. The judge is at the gate. <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness, it's so intense. And uh, really, if you, you have to, to consistently keep keep that in your mind. He's talking about don't be double-minded and uh, like the waves and the wind all over the place. You have to work to keep this mindset because, I mean, think about it. How long has this been? When was this written? You're talking thousands of years ago? A couple thousand years ago? Um, a long time, even your lifetime. It's it, You can get caught up in all kinds of stuff. But the, the mindset that the Lord is here, at the gate, is coming. That ought to change the way we act. If we really believe it, right? If we have faith that that's the truth, it will in some way affect the way we act. Don't swear by heaven or earth. He says above all. This is a big point for him. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. In good spirits, he should sing. Anyone ill, summon the elders, and they should pray for him and anoint him. The prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Confess your sins one to another, and you will be healed. The prayer of the righteous has great effect. I mean, he's just dropping bombs all over the place here. Um, Goodness gracious. Elijah was a human being but prayed and it didn't rain for uh, three years, six months. Then he prayed and it rained with harvest. If anyone among you wanders wanders from truth then someone turns him back, the person who turns him back will save the person's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Oh, man. That's the end of James. I mean, it's a short, just incredibly potent book. Uh, so much in there. My goodness. I love how it ends there. It totally reminds me of these prophets. The one who turns the man, the the one who has wandered from tooth back from sin, saves the person's soul from death. Um, it's incredible. Um so much there in James um the, the, the theme obviously that jumps out is living out our faith we believe these things we are true uh um you can see that and we live it out <laughs> and uh that's a sobering idea it really is uh, cuz that's not always easy you know um and it and it also I, I think, I feel like owning up to that, you know, looking at that is humbling. It's humbling. It's slow, it's slow, we have to be slow to judgment for that reason. Living up to our own ideals is, is harder sometimes than uh, we might want to admit. And uh, the warning here is... is is. Uh, If we don't own up to it, our uh, sin, shortcomings, uh, you hold on to that because of pride. It leads to a death, a type of death, type of uh, uh, judgment. And uh, the humility, the humble get the grace. The humble get the grace over the judgment. So stay humble and uh, act in love. Act in love because of our faith, the love and grace that we've gotten. And uh, um, uh, stay focused. Stay focused too. That's a big theme there too. Um, as if, as if the judge is at the gate. <laughs> I just saw that. I just saw this on uh, what is it, uh, Facebook or something? They have this little thing you can put on your door. I think it's supposed to be for kids. Or something It's like a little picture of Jesus Like a classic picture You put it You hang it on your door And uh It's Jesus with the little bubble Saying I saw that <laughs> You know <laughs> For your kids Mess with your kids And uh Uh That's the idea really As if the judge is at the gate He's here And um to live our lives accordingly As if we be- Actually believe that Um He's watching. <laughs> and, uh, all right, everybody. Thank you so much uh, going through the scriptures today. And um, I hope you're blessed. And I hope, I hope the, the seeds are sown here in your heart from this time. And uh, it will not come back void. And it will grow and produce faith and good works in your life and love and healing. restoration and uh, uh, just continue to uh, uh, grow and uh, uh, in your mind and and to uh, become uh, solid, solid, that these scriptures will uh, create a solidness to our faith, a uh, stability, a rock uh, that we can stand on uh, because it's there, it's in us, and it continues to, uh, grow its roots deep, and, uh, all right, I hope you all have an awesome week, and, uh, we'll be back next week, back into the word, all right, have a great week, everybody, peace.